Speaking of the Yankees, Joe's still scoring points against me. I didn't realize that. I thought I was done getting my ass kicked, but my ass is still being kicked. It's almost over. It is almost over, Joe. That's the motto of my season, actually. A weekly chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the ten owners in the league. This is episode 41 entitled, Mid-Season Maneuvering. But before we get started, we have a word from our sponsor. Cornhole! I win again! What is that, three straight games? Four, actually. It's true, buddy. You haven't lost your touch. Listen, you may be a Nobel laureate, but I'm the undisputed cornhole champ of our fraternity. What do you say, Professor? One more game? Sure, Tim. But how about this time we raise the stakes? Loser buys dinner in the Bocker beers? You insensitive son of a bitch. You know I'm not working. Oh, right. Sorry. Well, let's skip that last game then, and I'll pay to get us drunk. Bocker beer? You know it. Champ. Okay, everybody, welcome. Good to see you, Low Key. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Wonderful. I think you're the only one doing well this week. <laughs> Sounds like it. Swag, you sound like you got a little bit, little sniffle there. Yeah, but I, I picked something up from the little ones. Not a good week. Sick this week. Another loss. Low score. Just miserable. Well, I got a box of tissues, too, so we can we can sniffle along together. Um, <laughs> and, and Greg is traveling back home from a family. I guess it was a wedding of his nephew or something like that. He's stuck in traffic. We can't get a hold of him. So kind of the, the walking wounded tonight. But we, we'll fight through it. We'll, we'll we'll give the bots what they want. We will fight through this. Yes, we will. So to start off the week, we had a big game in the McGuire division. So we had the Dreamers taking out 47 Ronan. and this game was still in question Sunday morning. Paul Goldschmidt, having one of the top scores of the year, still could not put 47 Ronan over the top. We had Philadelphia Experiment 2 and Ridden Metal. Joe, your team's back, feeling good, one of the top scores of the week, and uh, screw all that other bullshit, right? You know, this this winning stuff is way much more fun. It's much more fun, and given some of the other scores, it's it, it's a good week to have won. Your division is becoming this this crazy, crazy race. It's going to be really interesting to see where this goes. I, I really underestimated the Dreamers, even though they kicked my ass a couple weeks ago. We'll see. Uh, the Dreamers are in a good position right now. Last year, we had the blood sport division that you were in. So I think this year, this is the blood sport division. 
St. Locash lost to the Funkin' Punks. We had Mr. Blonde's Heroes, also in the same division, lost to the Street People. So the Street People doubles their win total. Yeah. So that's uh, an exciting win for Pops and his team. The bottom is uh, picketing up all of a sudden with <laughs> L- LJ and Pops getting uh, getting wins in this week. <laughs> yep. And then Omission Commission, fresh off their trash-talking win last week, just gets completely thumped by their main competition in the big boy division with uh, lethal, lethal Injection. And Mikey's team, once again, moves the dial, makes it happen. This game really was kind of a snoozer all week long, so not, not a lot of punch from anyone on Scotty's team. Should Scotty be worried? He should be because, uh, again, I've been literally writing his story for him since the Harper trade. I explained the only reason he won last week was because of Joe's double curse. Joe obviously took it to heart and and became his his normal humble self and right. probably had a couple conversations with the fantasy gods off uh, off microphone I'm I'm sure and and look you know all of a sudden he gets his win back he kicks the shit out of me <laughs> and Scotty just like I said would go right back to the the Harper deal and um, not only does he get waxed but he gets waxed by the guy he's tied with in his division and now Mikey as I had mentioned last now Mikey has the uh, the longest winning streak in the league so all of a sudden you know he's trying to <laughs> rear his head up late as he did last year the real 75 $5,000 question here is LJ and Mike's dad going to be able to pass me and Greg by the end of the season? Are one of us going to end <laughs> up be <laughs> below those guys? It's getting very interesting on, on both sides, um, the top and the bottom. And, and really, there's not a shitload going on in the middle. Everybody's kind of in, in one situation or the other almost. Yeah, and we're, we're actually closer to the end now than, than you might think. I mean, we're, we're, what, 10 games in, so we're over the halfway point. Now, Scotty, I wonder if he's uh, ready to come off the fence with this mid-ball thing and actually make a move, it, it, whether he feels like now that Mikey's passed him, whether it's going to be worth it, and does he go the other direction? It's an interesting question because I think Scotty was just looking for an excuse to do nothing, and so now he has an excuse to do nothing. He should have acted two weeks ago. We implored him to act last week, and now he does need to make a move. Now, he had a... His team just really, there was no player. Let me just see here. I don't think, when I'm looking at the scores with Scotty, non-pitching staff, his highest score was a 3.4. He barely had more points than my team. (laughs) Pretty consistently underwhelming all the way across the board. Right, pretty much underwhelming. He's got to figure out where he's at. I don't think think there's any time left for mid-ball. Scotty's put himself into a situation where he's not only competing against lethal injection, he's competing against the uh, 47 Ronin and the Dreamers as well. Who knows? Things could change. A two-game swing either way. In fact, mm-hmm. if we take a look at the standings in the Griffey division, Mikey now moves to six and four. Joe, you're you're still in command at eight and two. Mm-hmm. It's still just a two game spread, which just given how dominant you were in the first half of the season, that's a it's a pretty good accomplishment by Mikey and his team and the work that he's done to build that team. Then Scotty slips just another game out. They're at five and five. Had his head above the water briefly, and now it's he's back under. He's got a long uh, way to go. <laughs> And then the Philadelphia experiment again. Speaking of long way to go. <laughs> well, you just, I mean, hey, you talked about this before. This is you just focusing on next year. That's what's going to be. That's what your stated philosophy was going on. And heck, at least you're watching and still making changes when you're, you know, you're still trying to duke it out every week. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I and this week in particular, again, um, you know, I lost by whatever, 13, but 
I, I actually had <laughs> those 13 points on my bench. Um, Carpenter with a 5.2. Oh, I had Cron uh, with a, a 4.2. I had this fucking asshole, Jose Martinez, that I've had sitting on my bench all year, <laughs> blast at 8.8 this week. And then the Angels, 11.5 versus the Phillies, finally came back down to uh, 4.85. So I actually had the points on my bench. My team just blows. You're not going to tell me you're going to look at your team and say, oh, I'm going to put this motley crew in uh, and expect to win, right? I mean, right. we may have even accused you of trying to lose had you put them in knowing what we knew about those players last week. Right, right, right. At the, right exactly. Yeah. The Bonds division, uh, St. Locash loses to the Funkin' Punks. The Funkin' Punks now move to 3-7. and seven. Mr. Blonde's mm-hmm. Heroes moves to 3-7. and seven. And, Saint- <laughs> and the St. Locash Fabergé Brittle Bones, one of my favorite teams, and still the one I think is going to walk out of this division. The winner moves to 5-5. Five and five. So again, just a two-game spread between the top team and the bottom team. Somebody has to, right? I guess. <laughs> I mean, um, uh, you know, again, don't forget this is we we were making not quite these jokes last year. It wasn't quite as unimpressive, but it was definitely the weaker of the three divisions, and that's where the champ came out of. If one of these three teams end up being the champion, I'm going to be fucking shocked. But as I mentioned, the, the bottom of the league is is really shaping up. So while you guys pay attention to the stuff you pay attention to, I'm going to point out the fact that my 3-7 and seven record is now tied with Greg's 3-7 and seven and LJ's 3-7. and seven. And, and only one game ahead of Mike's dad's two and eight. So <laughs> the race for the bottom is on. Yes. So the McGuire division, you're right. And the bottom of the McGuire division pops doubles his win total. He's now at two and eight. And the Dreamers move to eight and two, matching the best record in the league with Reardon Metal. And then 47 Ronan step back to seven and three. It is going to be a fun second half of the year, in my opinion. The three powerhouse teams, if you will. Sorry, Mike. By definition of our league and our playoff system, in the past three weeks of our season, had the season ended, three different teams were the top team. Uh, it was, was Joe, or at one, or I guess, I guess over the last four weeks, because what Joe was was the top team. Then uh-huh. at one point, the Dreamers actually held that spot for a week. I think um, you were technically the top team this past week. It felt good. And now, <laughs> and short-lived, now giving it back to uh, Joe, you know, between the, the three of you, everybody has shared that that kind of top spot. Um, it's going to be interesting how that, that plays out as well for that number one seed. And, well, listen, and, even and the, do you want it at this point? Again, we everybody knows how the playoffs work. We went over this. You guys were a little confused without me. I cleared it up. The Bonds division winner is going to be the three seed the four seed the dreamers or ronin at this point with the possibility of of lethal or omission that team will be the fourth seed so again the benefit <laughs> is really to come in second this year yeah just like last year yeah right um, of course that, that that didn't work out that, the way i again, envisioned right. it but, <laughs> yeah. that's right i i just i wonder of these three teams who who will make a move you know, make a move of consequence, whether it helps them or hurts them. I just don't know at this point. You know, is Mikey chasing Joe or is Mikey chasing you uh, or, or, <laughs> or the Mondays? Um, so, again, he's two games behind both of you at this point. So he has a shot at either possibility as far as the playoffs go. 
depending on how these next couple of weeks go, that door could close up quite quickly. And, and at that point, uh, you know, we have the, the possibility because of the way the, the playoffs are, are set and, and Chris being the, you know, the, the worst record of the three, but almost guaranteed a fucking spot at this point. The other teams, the Mike and Scott, are going to have to continue to win or, or hope that one of you three drive, you know, and, and like I said, it could be either you or the Dreamers on that, that side and then Joe, obviously, for the division, but those two take a loss and, and Reardon and the Dreamers and, and Ronan all take a win and all of a sudden you might see them starting to offload some players. It's crazy. So Lethal Injection, is, there's just one game difference between 47 Ronin and Lethal Injection. However, uh, no, because Lethal Injection moves to six and four, and 47 Ronin drops to seven and three. Oh, Ronin. I'm sorry. I thought you were, yeah, yeah. Yet, Ronin has scored the most points. In fact, there's 72 yep. points scored separating Ronin and Lethal Injection. That's a 16% more points for, and this is where the head to head comes into play. There, there is a level of luck. This is why I think we talk so much about curses and luck. And sounds like we're on a Vegas craps table for Christ's sake. It is, and and your team has has been scoring points in bunches the last few weeks as well. It's it's really come on because I was pretty far ahead of you for a few weeks, and you've made up that ground in about a three week period of time, and now you're ahead. I think it's I think the bonds division to me there's there's a really interesting thing there in that Greg is the only guy in that division who has shown a, a willingness to make trades and make moves and, and reach out to people and do things, him being only two games behind, what do you think the possibility is, is that he goes ahead and tries to win that division? I mean, I, I know he's said he's trying to win every week. <laughs> and you believe him? Um, I think he's putting the best team out there that he can. I think he's got a plan. We're here halfway through the season. You know Chris isn't going to make a move. Uh, you know, again, I, who knows? I, I don't think this is an all-in situation. Taking into consideration a couple of things. Number one, Chris has a, a few guys that, that are underperforming at the moment, and, and I expect to kind of swing back up. So again, I don't expect Chris to do a lot of damage in the playoffs, but I, I would be shocked if, if he doesn't take that spot. The other factor being what do you do when you get there uh, greg's team sacrificing the future fighting to fucking get to 500 just so he could get into the playoffs and play one of you three fucks would probably be a waste of fucking effort i mean again anything can happen in a three-week series but i wouldn't sacrifice my future to give myself a, an opportunity to get fucking waxed by one of you guys with what we're starting with, you know what I with, mean? With, the, ad, with the added bonus of being in the Griffey division next year. Yeah, on top, right, on top of it, exactly. What happens is if you have three teams that want to win by losing, in fact, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's I, I think Jack said it earlier tonight, someone's got to win. So, <laughs> you know, what do you do in that situation? Do you just take your lumps? Do you just continue with your strategy know that you're going to make the playoffs and and i guess maybe try to get a pitching staff pick for next year and just... i don't think it's a, an all-in situation for for anybody in that division I, I think you just ride it at this point um again you know would i be putting some effort into bettering my team yes i i would um a short year ago we didn't talk about Mike's team until it was time to talk about Mike's team, and then he brought home the bobblehead. So I, you know. I, I can remember making the statement that that's who I wanted to play in the playoffs, and I was happy finishing <laughs> second. 
Okay, boys. Well, good analysis. I appreciate it. Let's go ahead and refill our... Um, what are you drinking, Jack? I'm drinking uh, hot water to stay hydrated and keep my sniffles uh, down. Yeah. Or is juice. <laughs> Joe, what do you, you... Coke Zero and uh, caramel M&Ms. All right. Oh, so fucking things are awesome. They're, they're incredibly good. They're really, really good. I don't know how they just didn't exist prior to now. <laughs> right. So there you have it, folks. We are partying hard tonight. Orange juice, hot water, and caramel M&Ms with Coke Zero thrown in for a party. Um, okay. We'll be right back. Before we get back to our show, we've obviously got to pay the bills. So here's another message from our sponsor. What do you think the chances are of a guy like you and a girl like me enjoying some Bacher beer together? Well, Greg, that's it's difficult to say. I mean, you live in... Hit me with it. Just give it to me straight. This is a long distance call. The least you can do is level with it. What are my chances? Not good. Not good like the chances of Jack making the playoffs? (laughs) No, no. More like the chances of you making the playoffs. So, you're saying there really is no chance. Oh, well, the babes on OkCupid like Bacher beer. Screw you, Brittany. Bacher beer for the guys who know that strikeouts don't mean shit in today's game. Welcome back, bots. As you know, some of us play in other leagues. We do document this league extensively. Some would say almost too extensively. But Jack is actually playing in a league that is very closely intertwined. Actually, some of the players in the Juicers League are actually in this league as well. It's the remnants of the original uh, fantasy baseball league that was started 20-plus years ago. Jack, I heard there was a trade that went on in your league. hoping you could kind of share with with those of us in Bakker Nation as to what the hell went on and maybe we can kind of break this trade down. When we started this season, obviously, as all you bots know, I didn't have a lot of promise for the team here in my Philadelphia <laughs> experiment. But the team in the other league, I actually thought I had a pretty good fucking squad and and, and went in pretty confident, actually. I've had uh, quite a few injuries, just uh, some, some uh, unfavorable randomness. 
So that's that's one portion of it. The other portion, there's this guy in that league, and he's just a, a fucking trading fiend. It's ridiculous how much this guy trades, annoyingly so sometimes. And I used to think he was a fucking idiot, but fact of the matter is the guy's a fucking genius, and he has put together a team that would kick the shit out of either of you. Wow. Again, it's a, it is a smaller league. It's a, a two teams less uh, in that league. This other league is set up very similar to ours, right? You do pitching staffs, right? Yeah, very similar. The scoring's almost the same. Two less teams, so obviously... Right. You know, you're expected to have a little bit better, but he's to the point now where he's benching guys that you and Joe are starting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so he wanted Bellinger and I became frustrated with Bellinger. So that's the first part of this is I know that I, tra- I traded Cody Bellinger this fucking week. What did he have, Joe? <laughs> I don't know, but it was probably the most on my team. In addition to Bellinger, I, I threw in a couple of schleps. One of those schleps was Jose Martinez, who I mentioned earlier, also had an 8.8 this week. Uh, and then Ryan Braun. And then Tommy Pham, who, you know, for, again, a, a team going to the playoffs, probably help you out some, maybe. With his outfield, I, I don't see how Tommy Pham will ever fucking play for him. But, hey, again, I'm going into rebuild mode. Tommy Pham's the perfect guy to trade, in my opinion. You're doing rebuilds in two two different leagues i am now as of this week yeah it's yeah yeah it's similar like i said not only is he running away with it but there's two other teams that are dominant right now and uh yeah i I just i decided fuck it um i'm just tired of being mediocre so i traded bellinger ryan braun jose martinez and uh and tommy fam i got back greg bird jury's still out in 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 my head anyway A little bit of an injury concern there, maybe? Uh, it's not the strongest guy on the planet. Speaking of injury concern, I got uh, Will Myers. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. Michael Conforto, I yeah. guess. We're going to keep talking about injury and potential and injury. <laughs> Three. Are you renaming your team Brittle Bones? Or, I don't know. Uh, just... right? And then I picked up Jesus Sanchez, who I, I like a lot. Yeah, yep, um, yep. A kid from Tampa. Uh, and then Josh Naylor the first baseman from San Diego. Right. You know, a week into it doesn't look like the best trade for me with (laughs) Bellinger ripping shit up. Again, Bird, Myers, and Conforto are all kind of above and beyond wild cards, as you mentioned, because of the injury and the potential. Fuck, if Bird ever gets his shit together in that fucking park, are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't think he did bad. I mean, you got got some good prospects. You you definitely got guys that, that people like. So even if you aren't comfortable keeping them, you can always flip them for something else. Sure. You know, you're, you're good at that. And I think you've got a lot of pieces to help speed up your uh, rebuild, especially as we, I'm sure you're getting into the second half of the season in that league as well. And there are going to be contenders that, that want to find something that'll, that'll probably deal with you. So when I take a look at this, Bird and Myers, who do you have playing first base for you now? I have Hoskins and... Um, yeah. Okay. I, I know what's going on here. Bird and Myers, in my opinion, and Jack, you can tell me if I'm wrong, you don't give a shit. Like, you you really didn't want those guys. You wanted Bird for when he goes off, and then you're going to trade him to the Yankees fan in your league. And there's, I think there's two Yankees fans, right? <laughs> he did hit, he did, he did hit a home run the Monday after I got him <laughs> yeah. and I started yeah. immediately. Okay. So, all right. So let's, let's go further here. So I think Joe was being nice. You said, okay, so Will Myers, you know, Will Myers is going to go on a run and his reputation 
outweighs his output and has uh, since he was in the minors. So then I say, okay, well, wait a minute. What's going on? So we know he's got Hoskins, and, and Hoskins will be your first baseman. And I, I don't know. Will Hoskins have first base eligibility next year? Not at this point. But you think he <laughs> will, at, right? You think eventually he, he'll be playing first? I, I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. So that makes yeah. sense. That's the first base in the future. That's really why Bellinger was expendable. If I if I was to think about this, just watching you Correct. for a long time. Okay, great. When it came down to who's going right. to play right, yes. So was... then, Joe, the question becomes, who the fuck did he trade Bellinger for? And I think it has more to do with Jesus Sanchez and Josh Naylor, who, you know, quite frankly, the sky's the limit for both those guys. Jesus Sanchez really seems like, now I don't know what he's been doing so far this year. Ripping it up. Um, so that was it. Um, so, okay, I, I actually don't think that's a bad trade at all. I mean, I think Hoskins is going to need to make adjustments. I think he will. I think a la judge, I think... I think teams are drafting players now with a higher baseball IQ, more willing to be coached, more willing to take a look at and be able to adjust. And so that's why I think that we're seeing a lot of these young players able to adjust and adjust more adjust more quickly. It used to take three or four years for most players to adjust to the league. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, now it seems like we're getting more and more players are able to adjust more quickly. So, Except for Byron Buxton. Well, again, talk about brittle bones. I mean, that guy, just it's unfortunate. All the talent in the world, he just can't stay healthy. So, you know, I I, I think it's pretty good. Like, I didn't like it at first when you talked about the trade. Um, right. You know, Bellinger's just too young and too good. But knowing that you have Hoskins and, and then I had to. And and again, that, that was part of it. It was weird, like I said, trading what I felt like was for the future and trading away Bellinger in that deal. It just logically didn't make sense because Bellinger should be the future, but no, I already had Soto. He's pretty good. Yeah. I do have Josh Bell as well. Who's been solid, you know, again, a decent young guy. Conforto. I, I, I can't stop the crush. I, I don't I just see the flashes and I'm like, well, what if, what if, <laughs> <laughs> but I got Brendan Rogers. I got um, a couple of Joe Adele in that league. So uh, I, I do like the young, the, the, the young guys I have. You know, I'm curious. Uh, you guys were talking about this trade. Now, what the two of you would do uh, to Mikey's team or to Scotty's team to try and take that spot from the other guy. Oh, interesting. Huh? I can start off if you guys would like, because yeah, I've ahead. already, I've already addressed this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I um I have been talking to uh Mike about the possibility of Buster Posey and uh DJ LeMayhew helping him out where he currently is using Ramos Mesoraco and Josh Harrison. Um so again, not huge names. Again, if I was Mike, I wouldn't try to blow my team up either. But, you know, he's got some young kids that might help out a guy that's looking towards the future. And I think that he could improve a little bit at catcher and he could improve uh, uh you know, Josh Harrison is no offense, but not the guy you want to be starting during your playoff run. Yeah, I would still hang on to him because of his versatility, but maybe it's maybe it's time to start trading some of these Cubs players, see what you can get for them. I actually kind of like Wilson Ramos at catcher. I've had him before. He's 
pretty consistently going to put up the same number of points every week. But Posey would be an upgrade for sure. Well, it's interesting. I think Carlos Gonzalez, that's a guy that I think could, if he comes back healthy, he's probably got a couple of good seasons left in that bat. He does have Charlie Blackman, who started off slow. They didn't have a lot of games in Colorado. You know he's going to get hot. I agree. Middle infield looks a little weak. I don't know if LeMahieu would be the answer, but I'm just not a LeMahieu fan, frankly. He gets his points. It just seems like he does it in a in a way that just isn't exciting. Um, it's not exciting. Yeah, he's not exciting yeah. to the point where, yeah, that that was actually the conversation that we had. <laughs> um, Mike kind of had the same. I said, look, dude, I, obviously there's something there because Chris called me about him earlier this year. So he's like, all right, I'll look. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's also got, remember, he's got Acuna who's hurt and Acuna's yep. going to come back. He's got uh, Paul DeJong who's hurt. He's got. Robinson Cano, so skinny Cano can still hit the ball. He's just maybe not going to hit it out of the park, but you know. And and it's funny as we were having this conversation, crazy, you know, strangely enough, Dusty just asked me what is Mike Breen's number. Oh wow! And now I'm in a dilemma because I'm like, well, fuck you. Look at the site. <laughs> Am I a commissioner, and do I have to give you that, or you're my fucking direct competition? You know. So my play is, yeah, I'll give him the number, so at least I get a piece of information to know what's going on with my competition. So, yeah, right. If nothing else, I could send Mikey a note and talk trade. That that was my way of playing that. Uh, omission commission. Yeah. Hey, omission commission with Greg Bird. Yeah. They, yeah. They've needed a first baseman for a while. Yeah. They, they went all in with Myers and, and he's been injured and they've been trying to piece that together. They've had a couple other guys that, you know, it's hurt them a, a, a lot this year is, um, scope. That guy looked like he was the next Jose Ramirez and I would have been all in on him this year. I mean, I, I had high hopes for that fucking guy this year and he has just shit the bed. Zunino and you know, Real Muto didn't take that leap, that next leap. He isn't bad. He's he's doing good for again a catcher. Matter of fact, both of those guys are just good enough to not try to improve. Marcus Semien's not bad, but not the guy I'd want to start at DH. Um, he's got some injuries, some solid injuries. Myers and Pollock, if they were to make it back, could be a couple of guys that would make a difference. Well, I, I wonder if you go ahead and trade one of those guys that are hurt, a Myers, for instance, yeah. to try and win this year. Yeah. You know, that's essentially what happened when when Tim and I traded uh, Trout and Stanton and Betts. I couldn't wait for Trout to come back. I, I had right. to get, I had to make a move to solidify yeah. for all the freaking good it did me, but I had to try and solidify that lineup right now. You have fucking Mookie Betts and John Carlos yeah. again. Don't make it sound like you were ripped so off. Bad. And you got <laughs> no, the best God. player in the world. I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't, it, it didn't work out for both of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's funny. I was wondering who was going to pick up Max Muncie yep. and, uh, and Scotty did the guys and he has first base and third base and outfield eligibility so yep. not uh might, might be a decent pickup so he is you know he's trying to to do it it's a good is muncie's a good bridge player he's the guy you pick up while he's hot or you got maybe you get, you get a week or two out of him it's what yep. he, you know you pay a few bucks to pick him up till some of these guys come off the dl right yeah yeah you know, my brother chris is the same way and i i just wonder if what he considers trading he just thinks more about what he's giving up than about what he's getting and that kind of hinders him on doing so so then you you see these situations where these you know they end up picking up these kevin pillars of the world that you know they're good and you pick them up then you don't quite ever fucking use them and, mm-hmm. and four mm-hmm. weeks later you drop them you know if i had lethal injection teams or a mission commissions team 
I would absolutely upgrade at the pitching staff level. They have not had the consistency right. they need. So Mikey's got the Mariners staff and the Cubs staff. And Although Scotty's got the Diamondbacks staff. Yeah. I know the Cubs up until this past and, and the Mariners were pretty goddamn good too. I don't know what they, um, they did for him this past week, each of those staffs, but great, not horrible. Yeah. You're probably right. Those are, those are probably spots that they can improve on as well. I didn't even really look at, at pitching. Yeah. Because do you, you think, think it, go ahead, Joe, I was going to say, do you think it makes more sense to try and throw prospects at uh, somebody to try and get an everyday player? Or do you think their, their benches are strong enough to, to pull in a, a better starter? Yeah, you, I mean, look, I mean, this is why in a dynasty league, this is why there's so much value on prospects, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're in this situation, the potential of the unknown never has more value than before that player steps into a major league stadium to play a game. Yes. And, um, you know, if you think about it, it's it really does make a huge difference. And so if you take a look at pitching staffs, the Mariners are seventh. So I guess not that bad, but there are staffs available um, if he asks. The Diamondbacks are um, uh, 11th best. These are their number one staffs. So, um, you know, it's, it's really tough, um, when you start to take a look at, um, and let's see, where are the Cubs? The Cubs are 20th. Yeah, they were, I think two weeks ago, they were like a 14 or something, but up until then they had been pretty fucking shitty. That's the place that they can make the biggest move for them. And it's the safest move. I mean, this uh, pitching staffs tend not to move as crazily as players. Well, and and it's also one of the least expensive things to trade for. Yeah, but it it can also be the biggest, most regrettable thing to trade for because sure. when you when you trade a, a kid for a pitching staff and that pitching staff doesn't do it for you, doesn't put you over three weeks later, you're done. And now for the next fucking six years, you watch that kid become fucking Bryce Harper. <laughs> you know that? Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it it has. But there's a reason that some of us have more championships than others. I mean, there there's a reason. And, you know, it's fantasy fucking baseball. Like, you got to make that move. Sure. And you know what? Next year, there's going to be a whole new crop of kids. And get excited about that whole new crop of kids. That's one thing I can't understand. And and this this goes back decades, um, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, yes, you're going to get burned. You're going to get burned. One of the earliest things Jack taught me was don't ever look at what you could have had or what you're giving up. Always look at where you're going. And in my opinion, you you get enough prospects. And let's face it, we all think we know. We all think on our team right now we have can't miss prospects. We don't. In fact, the worst is when you have a prospect like Soto, right, who's traded, promoted way early, gets up there, has a splash. But, Joe, you know this. This could be it. He's going to get exposed. This is the first time he's going to be struggling. He He may never come back. I mean, there are tons of prospects that we thought were can't miss prospects. So in my opinion, now's when you make your move. Now's when you take it. Now, Because if the other guy blinks, at least you're the aggressor. At least you're the one making it happen. It's not happening to you. And some of these guys that don't make the moves, they're the ones that complain the loudest about bad luck. Look, I know bad luck. I had bad luck last year. I had shit luck last year. You had some this year, too. I did. But it didn't didn't stop me from from making those trades. So I mean, I don't, I don't mean to. I sound pretty preachy right now, but my point. No, is- No, actually, I agree though. I mean, you can't be precious about prospects because they have the the reality is they haven't done a damn thing. They haven't scored you a point. 
So to me, they're, they're just a, a tool. Not only have they not scored a point, the likelihood of them even becoming percentages. Yeah. It's just, it's so low. And I will say there's probably some that maybe even ascend beyond that. So maybe, maybe Vladito would be someone that I'd put a higher percentage chance that he could make it. Acuna is another one I say probably could, but they're rare and, and they don't come around every year, but there's always, if, I mean, you guys know this, right? There's a hype machine every year. (laughs) Oh sure, and and the better you know the hype machine, the better you can move prospects because you can you could almost write the script as when the next one's queued up and it's going to get press. And if you start to make them available when ESPN starts to talk about them or our CBS Sports starts to talk about them, you know suddenly the value you're you're able to get stuff. Um, you know it was interesting. I had a text conversation today. Dusty was compla- Dusty of the Dreamers was complaining about his pitching staff, and I was like, dude, I have. The Nationals, you know, what, you know, what do you want to give me for the Nationals? We kind of banter around stuff. I said, give me Kyle Tucker. He said, no way, man. Like, everybody wants Kyle Tucker. And I was like, well, you know, pitching staffs are expensive. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, you stole your pitching your, your um, pitching staff you got this year. It's like, what are you fucking talking about? And I went and looked up the stats, and Mazara is the 12th best outfielder in all of Major League Baseball, in our fantasy league. I told you. I gave a player who bats number three in a Major League lineup. That's right. For a, for a pitching staff. And so, you know, and, um, you know, I, I pointed out how, how close Mazzara is to J.D. Martinez, who is their number one player. I said, uh, understood, good pitching is valuable to have. I'm getting a few different inquiries on the Nationals. Scotty really wants them too. And he said, didn't you buy them for nothing? I said, I drafted the Nationals and traded for the Astros. No more Mazzara for the Astros was the trade. And he said, um, what the fuck, man? And I was like, that obviously wasn't nothing. He's like, damn near. Wow. Ooh. And So, I mean, it's weird because you, you end up playing with, with people's perceptions. You should have jumped right? on. He should have jumped on the bandwagon with Mike and Chris way back then. Right? And I, wonder, I think Dusty listens to the podcast. So then he said the, the 12th ranked outfield in the league. I said the 12th ranked outfield in the league so far is damn near nothing. Come on, Dusty. You don't believe that, do you? 14 home runs, 44 ribbies in the league now. Not a, not a prospect. Batting third on a major league baseball team. Um, is he that high? Truthfully, haven't paid attention to the Rangers at all. <laughs> I was like, yep. You know, Martinez is 52 points here today to give you an idea. Pitching staffs are expensive. And he said, fair enough. They're expensive for a goddamn reason, right? And and that's the way the game was set up. And I I know this is super wonkish, and we're really deep into fantasy, dynasty, sports, the way we play our league. But goddamn it, guys, right? But these owners need to step up. And still, I might not make the goddamn playoffs, which is fucking pissing me off. <laughs> and, and see, I look I looked at, at the cost of it completely differently than when the, the way you just explained it to me. Because to me, prospects are, are cheap. Right. I would much rather trade on your dreams for the future than give up a player that can help my lineup right now. That's why I don't hardly ever hesitate to trade a prospect when somebody asks for it. You're absolutely right. So basically, he's valuing a guy who, quite frankly, can't even break it, break camp with his team the last two years. He could not break onto that. And, and their left field situation has been pretty shitty, the Astros have. So the Astros clearly are seeing something. And more importantly, they, that guy is not going to help them win this year. The, the staff would. Right, right. I guess my hope is is that, you know, it takes them years to figure that out. They don't seem to get lucky. I do think that's something that Mikey knows and understands. I really do think that Mikey has played long enough. I've seen him make the moves. I've talked to him. He gets that and understands that. I don't think the Dreamers do. Now, hey, the Dreamers, they're ahead of me. They, they've built a great team. 
I'm not the clearly I'm not the sage of all sages. So no, I still think you have the best team, but you're right. They're they're ahead of us. So they are indeed. Although I will say that um, uh, part of that, you know, those they have this great thing. Jack pointed out when you look at the preview and you can see what your team's record would be if you played your 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 next opponent's um, schedule and. Uh, they have definitely been a lot. If I had played their schedule, I would have had a better record than they had with their schedule. Well, so, if you look at the breakdown, they're they're much closer to a 500 team on their breakdown than yeah. their schedule would indicate. Yeah, that'll change a little bit with this week because they're, they're gonna yes, get, it will. They're going to they get, get the top score. Yep, plus nine, uh, negative zero. While we were uh, you know uh, talking away, we had a couple of roster moves done uh, in the league. So Chris Ionetta was given his walk-in papers, uh, as well as Domingo Santana. Is that correct? Both of those players dropped? Correct. Yeah. That is correct. Wow, Domingo Santana, really? Yeah, I'm getting impatient. I also uh, sent Joe a trade offer while we were talking based on two different conversations that we've had this evening. Okay, so what what's the trade offer? And let's see if, if, uh, if you guys will execute it. I <clears throat> offered Joe based on his comment regarding Josh Harrison's multi-position eligibility. Ah, yes. Joe likes those guys. A guy that has multiple position eligibility and position that Joe could actually use some help in, at least for a little while, maybe. Um, And is decent. uh, Matt Carpenter. Uh um, For uh, a fucking prospect, which Joe could care less about, obviously. (laughs) Jesus Sanchez. So, <laughs> so Joe, are you going to execute the trade? Matt Carpenter helps you win this year. Plays first, third, and and does he play outfield? For no, first, second, and third. Oh, all of the inf- intel that I've gathered this evening says that Joe is going to do this trade. <laughs> Just say it. Oh, he's on mute. Is he on mute, or is he? He's looking at the stats. He's got that. He's got that look like in the movies when someone's like going through all the <laughs> all matrix. Yeah, yeah. Like his, his eyes are darting all around on the A beautiful uh, mind. Right. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. You see the uh, see the the formulas flashing across. Well, one of the one of the things I have to look at is how valuable is Carpenter to me because I already have a couple guys that can play those positions that have multi-position eligibility. However, it doesn't mean I won't do it. Just need to think about it a little bit. Yeah, I, I, again, just you know, look. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming you haven't been paying attention. He's not the most exciting guy on the planet, but his <laughs> um, his last few weeks have been a lot stronger than shit. I think he was. Under 200. Matter of fact, <laughs> he was batting under 200 as late as May 20th. So he's turned it on quite a bit as of late. All right, folks, let's go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll see if this trade is the first trade ever consummated on the Atlas Bach podcast. Be right back. <laughs>
we're back. And lo and behold, the very first trade ever executed on the podcast has happened. All right. And it's a small one. It's uh, <laughs> Matt Carpenter <laughs> for Jesus Sanchez. So we just heard Jack talk about his man crush for Jesus Sanchez. And now he has Jesus Sanchez in at least two of his teams. And Reardon Metal makes another professional move, puts on Matt Carpenter. You look at a graph of Matt Carpenter's stats every year. The first two months suck, and the rest of the year is pretty good. So um, my guess is is that uh, Joe had already known that, put that on there, and has yet another multi-position eligible player. When I say multi, I mean, Joe, I think you, you, you like those three or four position eligibility players, not just the one who can play like, you know, first base and outfield. I do. I, I've always had at least one or two players on every team I've ever put together in this league that, that are like that. They're, they're very useful. He was, um, Carpenter honestly was a, a big guy on my list when I <clears throat> made my mind up to do what I'm doing this year. Um, once I kind of decided that I was going to get rid of all the big names <clears throat> and then I made myself kind of a short list of, like I said, guys I thought were undervalued, um, guys that I could get, you know, to, to, try to compete this year and uh, like Justin smoke was one of those guys and he, you know, he's been okay. Not he started out really well. Um, but Carpenter was huge because I think he's undervalued consistently. Um, he ends up again better at the end than he starts out. And like I, you know, obviously the, the ability to move him around, especially on a team like mine was, I didn't know where I'd need him. And I think I've used him at damn near every position he qualifies at, at one point or another this season. So yeah, it did. It shores up. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit risky at, at third base. So it shores it up for me a little bit. There you go. And I did, I did regret trading Sanchez. He, he, the reason that Joe has Sanchez He's a good player. is because I have, who the hell did I get from him? It was somebody solid. Probably uh, was, Posey. It, was it Posey? Maybe it was it Posey. Maybe it was maybe in that deal. I don't remember. Anyway, I'm glad that I got him back. It, it worked out for you. And, and there you go, folks. So again, for those of you that are in the league and not listening to this podcast, that trade happened specifically because I paid attention to Joe for the last 45 minutes. <laughs> Listen to the podcast. Hey, well, I mean, and, and knowing what your owner's doing, right? I didn't bring that up earlier. Joe had, you know, was asking about Mike's team and, and Scotty's team. And I think Joe app asked a, a, an open-ended question after that. And I meant to, to jump in, but that's to me, that's, the answer, I, I think it was, you know, with the, whether they were trade prospects or whether they were trade uh, backups or, uh -huh. and it's all about who you're trading to, um, you know, who you're trying to get a player from, you know, again, if I'm looking at, at getting somebody from Tim, um, you know, with Tim, it, it's unique because I know that he, a wants to win now and B knows the value of the prospects. So, um, so you have a, a possibility of, of both. But like I said, if you're, you're looking at the teams that are going into the playoffs, you should, should have one mindset. Um, if you're looking at the teams that are like mine, um, then obviously it's going to be a little bit different. Um, I don't expect again, not, you know, if I offered Tim Eloy Jimenez, he would fucking take him. Um, but, that you know, if I was going after somebody, if Talk I was about offering overvaluing a guy, <laughs> you for sure are overvaluing him. Oh my god! 
You're fucking crazy. <laughs> you are fucking crazy. And you know it. Wait, let, let, let's go through this. So basically we had this, we had this whole back and forth and I offered him really one of the best third basemen in, in our league. I offered him Bregman and someone else. Who was the other guy I offered? Uh, it was Bregman and, oh, it was, uh, it was uh, basically it was Bregman and Swihart for, oh, yeah. um, for uh, Pussy Posey, Posey and Eloy Jimenez. Right. Uh, right. So, <laughs> what? How it started, Joe, was me explaining to him that I thought you know Posey could help him, and that I would you know be be able to 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 offer him some additional stuff, and that I had interest in specifically Soto and Bregman. So then, in discussion with Soto, he brought up Jimenez, and I'm like, well, no, I'm not gonna. I, you know, as much as I like Soto, and I think he's exciting and he's doing well right now. You know, if anything, I I have time on my side right now, and I can kind of wait to uh, for for Jimenez. I don't have to get too excited on the hype of of uh, Soto at the moment. Again, not right. that I don't want him. I do like him, but um, no, I I wouldn't trade Jimenez for Soto straight up. Um, so then that's when you know that's then he brought in Bregman and um, and again Bregman's a, a solid guy, but he did point out that I you know I have some some you know third base. Depth, depth. So uh, you know, it's not uh, an absolute need of mine. Uh, again, I was just hoping to to steal a young guy off Tim's team by giving him something that could help him still. Um, but there's no fucking way I'm trading Eloy Jimenez. If if uh, going back to Tim's, you know, percentage of prospects that are going to hit, so on and so, I'll take the hit. Uh, uh, I'm going to take the hit on this one. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming at it from different points of view, too. You're, if you're trading a prospect for a prospect, then, then it matters what you think of that guy's ability. Right. You know, and, and you know, knowing both of you, you're, you're also looking at it from the point of view, well, this guy is seen as a better prospect, so I can get more for him when I trade him because I don't want him. So you're looking at it at a depth that, that maybe some other people in this league wouldn't. Um, well, Tim's and, and you're also... Well, you're, right, and you're also in control because it, Tim more needs to make that trade for, for what he wants to do than you do. He does need to make that trade. You're right, Joe, but nonetheless, he just continues to fucking tread water like Scotty. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand these people. I honestly, no, this has nothing to do with winning a fantasy league. This is me trying to get back a Aloy Jimenez. So it's on a fucking <laughs> Jack's team. That's all that is. Like, yeah. Uh, that's it's all it is. If he does just marginally better than than Soto, it's just gonna piss me off. Um, that that I traded him as part of my Goldschmidt rule the world strategy, and then Goldschmidt just ends up having a horrible just a, just a, a horrible, he's coming back. Um, there you go. He yeah, this and, week he did yeah, and now he's got Sanchez too. He does. I I, I mean Sanchez is pretty good. I'm I'm not as as high on Sanchez as he is so. Yeah, well, it may, it, you know, I actually probably am not either just because he's with Tampa. So it's going to it's going to take 10 years for him to ever see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's part of it. That's part of it. And, and it's interesting. I've been following him and he's a good guy. He's a good player. I like him a lot. He's no he's no Jimenez or, or even Soto probably at this point, although he is. I think he's been 360 this year, but, um, you know, Soto is no Jimenez and 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 wasn't. Um, you know, until recently, even 
discussable in the same situation, quite honestly. And again, they're all still the one thing Soto has is that he's performing at major league level. All right, brothers. Well, guys, uh, thanks for doing this. I know that thanks. I, thanks to you two for playing hurt tonight. <laughs> well, this is fun. I was looking up to it. I wasn't like uh, fucking Greg, who was just sitting on his ass in a car and talked to us all the and decided that you know it was just a little too much to be in a traffic jam and talk about baseball at the same time. So little bitch, right? Like I hope he listens all the way through. He, you know, he won't even listen to this one because he's not on it. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> what should we tell him? We should we should probably put a little Easter egg right here. And then uh, we can basically ask him about it next week, and then really rip him apart. Like, what should we put right here that 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 we can get? What what would it be? The the a reference to the song "You're So Vain." Yes, that's right. Right. So yeah, oh, you're so vain. And then we'll ask him about that. We'll ask him about what was his favorite I bet you song. think this podcast's about you. You're so vain. <laughs> Come on, Joe. Where was the, where's the harmonio- harmonious background vocal on that one? <laughs> he left it hanging, Joe. <laughs> I, I, it, it ain't coming from me. I can promise you that. We want people to listen to this. It'll, it'll destroy the bot's uh, inner workings if you hear me sing. On <laughs> it'll scramble their code. That's it. I love it. I love it. All right, gentlemen, listen, have yourselves a good night and uh, love you both. And we'll talk to you next week and best of luck. Good trade. Way to, way to take it out there and, and do it for the uh, entertainment value of nothing. Yeah, else. <laughs> the bot's got to see a trade go down. That's there you right. Go. That's how it went. That's how it went. There you go. That's all we need to do is get the fucking angry brother out of the room for a fucking little while. We can all get together and play nice. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Might be a little less interesting, but a lot more informative. And it was, this <laughs> it was what this stupid podcast was all about, right? I, I'm just trying to figure out why he didn't leave earlier. Uh, oh. To be stuck in a traffic jam. Yeah. he. Uh, I mean, I saw you guys texting and he had it all planned out. Do they not have the weather channel up he's there? He's so funny. I knew oh. he wasn't going to be on. I knew he wasn't going to be on. I, I really did. I knew he was not going to be on. And well, uh, hopefully he's safe and he'll be back next week. And he was all, yeah, no, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do this. And then when I question his commitment, the guy who throws out the most insults per minute, uh, in Greg and suddenly he gets all indignant, you know, like, well, what are you talking about? I did all this stuff, um, <laughs> but he did man up. He did. He actually called me from the road. And so I told him, you know, be good, be safe. It's okay. We can carry it on for you. He knew he was going to get a ration. Exactly. But we actually, we didn't even dig on him. It's so easy. That's even worse. Like, I, I would just rather have my ass kicked to know that I yeah. was missed rather than just, right. I don't even exactly. think. Exactly. Oh, Greg's not here. Nah, no big deal. Let's, keep, let's move on. Right. <laughs> All right, that is That is true. You guys have gotten a, a lot better about not slamming somebody because remember that uh, first time I missed it was uh, all sorts I've, of stuff. I've missed like six since then, so that has something to do with it. <laughs> I should have missed one for uh, sure. I think we need to. I think we need to be more disciplined about that. To, uh, you know, so that people don't this think. Week. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Punishment start this week, Greg. <laughs> Good night, fellas. Good night. Good night.
that is sitting that you better watch out Man, she's gonna turn you in And me, you know that I thought I lucked out And now look at the trouble that I'm in You know, you better Watch out for Charlie's girl Watch out for Charlie's girl Watch out for Charlie's girl Charlie's girl It happened on New Year's Eve They said everybody had to leave They had a warrant in their hand They wanted to bust the whole band I said if I ever see Sharon again I'm gonna punch her face in You know ya, you better Watch out for Charlie's girl Hey now man, watch out for Charlie's girl You know she'll turn you, turn you in Watch out for Charlie's girl Charlie's girl To turn you in you better, huh? Watch out, you better Watch out, you better You better watch out, you better You better watch out for Yeah, no, I, I do. I had a fucking absolute point. I just completely lost it. Oh, well, kill that whole fucking thing. It makes no sense now. There was something there, I swear to God. Yeah. Damn, what the fuck was I going to say? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I was watching the White Sox and the Red Sox today, and Tammy said, oh, it's the good Sox against the bad Sox. So I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm sick too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So maybe this is going to be just a quick one. Joe looks rested and ready. And <laughs> I'm going to say, you guys are all cursed. <laughs> it's working. Joe, this will be your podcast. Oh, well, we're all fucked then.